Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. We're talking, uh, we're in a series, and this is all part of it, uh, called um, Carrying Christ. And the idea came because of Christmas. And Mary carried the Christ child. We, we know that. That's the Christmas story. Uh, but the story didn't end there. It went on, of course, to the cross and, and made a way for us to carry Christ, uh, of which we do if you're a believer, you're a follower in Christ. We, we carry Christ, not the Christ child, thank goodness, but the spirit of Christ. And, uh, and where's, where we go, he goes. Everywhere that we go, he goes. And sometimes we feel like he's carrying us, uh, not, you know, we're carrying him. Isn't that amazing the way that happens? And, uh, and, and often he takes us places and, you know, that we, we wouldn't have the faith or the courage, if you will, to go without him. And um, so a little bit, just a background here. Both of these guys crossed waters like major oceans. And uh, so Emma, as I said, is from South Africa. And, uh, and, and she was four years at Berkeley School of Music. It's the number one uh, music school in the world. And she aced it, uh, I think, according to... Jez here, she got like the number one. Uh, she's a drummer, she's very humble as well. Uh, she played in a, a, a chick band, I call it a chick band, called Color, and uh, you know, was touring and doing all the stuff. And in the meantime, on another side of the world, across another ocean, uh, Jeremy here was feeling a call <laughs> to cross over and go to America and, uh, and, and feel in faith with, a, with an assignment from God, which we'll hear a bit about. And uh, so, you know, they both crossed major oceans, crossed over carrying Christ, and God led them together. And uh, so, pretty amazing thing. But just briefly, tell us about Daisy, the song that you just did, and how that came about a little bit. Sure, yeah. yeah thanks. Um, yeah, that, uh, that song, Daisy, actually, in uh, the start of last year, 2018, I was waiting in, back in Sydney where I grew up for my American visa was waiting for that to come through and I had to wait for, for two months and I was uh, in my bedroom and I was just worshipping and I was just singing to, um, to God and all, all of a sudden I just started singing uh, about this girl called Daisy and I was like, what, what, what am I singing about? This is just, this is so weird, this is so ridiculous and I, I had actually no idea but I, um, I met Emma about three weeks later after that uh, moment, and God uh, basically gave me this download of a song that uh, was about Emma, and and at the same time, I had a couple of close friends in Sydney. They knew that God was was calling me over to LA, and they gave me this prophetic word saying that you're about to meet your wife. Uh, that was, and then I met Em two weeks later, and and then when uh, when I met Emma. Um, we were friend, We weren't really friends, but we were on the the worship team together uh, at church. And after a few months of, I think I think as soon as I saw um, Emma, and as soon as I, I something something shifted and something happened in my heart, where I was like, uh, God, there's something there's something going on here. He really showed me um, just things about her that I hadn't uh, seen before uh, in, in anyone else. And after a while, I thought. I think this Daisy song is actually about Emma. So 
long story short. So and <laughs> he actually asked me, because we didn't know each other very well, and he was like, hey, um, by any chance, is your second name Daisy? <laughs> I was like, no, why? <laughs> he was like, never mind. I was like, completely no reason, just forget all about it. <laughs> forget I said that. And then, um, so yeah, long story short, after, after six months um, of, of me practically being in love with Emma and Emma not knowing pretty much who I was, um, that we were both invited to a songwriting retreat and uh, the Lord started really moving our hearts together and just orchestrated for us to come together. And then so when I asked Emma out, I, I, um, I played that song for her first and I started in the wrong key and I like, I forgot a whole verse of lyrics. I was like so nervous. <laughs> um, and and that, I just love that God is like so, he's so into the details of our lives and he so cares about the things that we care about and the things that are on our hearts and the, and the deep desires that are in our hearts. And so for me, um, Matt, I'm 34 now, and I was 33 when I met Emma, and, and being, like, being married was something that was a deep, deep desire um, in my heart for years. And I just love that God is so intimately involved in our lives in every part, and he wants to be that close. Uh, and so... It was really cool. I didn't think that he would that he would download and give and and give me a, a love song. Um, he's like a yeah. He's like your ultimate wingman like that. <laughs> um, but he he is like that. And yeah. So that's the story behind Daisy. That's so good, isn't it? So if you're single here, like just join the worship team. It's a great place. You know, like a lot of stuff going really on helps. going down there. Um, you guys were in different parts of the country, uh, like. Um, well, initially you were in Boston, and then you moved to L.A. Uh, with an assignment, you know, from, from God. And uh, Jeremy was touring and very successful over here and had toured America before, but, uh, but really felt an assignment from God as well and, uh, and, and a word from God, like probably more than one. Um, tell us a little bit about how you kind of knew, you know, your assignment and, 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 and maybe some of the steps, like practically the fearful things that, you know, would have crossed your mind and what am I doing and that kind of thing to leave, you know, South Africa and your family and everything else to, to answer a call and uh, to leave here, like, you know, household name and so many circles to go and start something like, like what you've done in L.A. is just nothing short of, it's a step of faith. And I, and I feel like there are people here, uh, perhaps more than one, that are, you know, looking at what's the next step that I'm going to take on my assignment, we all have an assignment from God, and and uh, so it's going to take faith. And maybe Emma, do you have anything in that area? Yeah. yeah. Um, when I was a kid, um, I used to pray for Miley Cyrus all the time, and uh, Miley Cyrus, yeah. And um, I always felt really drawn to Hollywood, um, and I kind of just assumed that it was something that all kids felt. You know, it was everyone loved the the stars and you know all the musicians and kind of grew out of it um as i got older so i thought that would happen to me but it didn't um so this little dream in my heart just stayed there um since i was a kid and then i got to visit la um a few years ago when i was studying at berkeley in boston and i arrived in the city and i was like oh it's really dirty. There's a lot of homeless people. <laughs> I was like, never mind. Like, let's go somewhere else. That's fine. Um, and then I felt God say very clearly, like, okay, um, but that's not how I see this city. And I was like, oh, 
okay, how do you see the city? Um, and he just started showing me his love for the people. And it is, it's a really broken city. There's a lot of brokenness. There's a, it's like very, um, there's tons of wealth. There's also tons of homelessness. And there's a lot of success. And there's a lot of hopelessness. And it's just like everything. Um, and it's a very broken place. And I hadn't expected that. But I just really felt God's heart for the city and how he sees it and how the homeless people and the celebrities are all his children, and he's he's pursuing them so um, fervently. He just he just loves these people. So that's when I knew I was like, okay, I definitely will be moving here. So that was kind of the call for me, and it was it was just really cool to see that he honored that tiny dream from this tiny child. You know that that I had always wanted to be in Hollywood, and just to see him literally bring it all to pass and. It's just, he's just really, he's really good. So. Yeah, and um, for me, my story goes back to, be, I think, being in a, in a band for years in Australia. Um, God, uh, in 2015, asked me to just lay everything down. And he said to me, um, I, I just had this like, impression on my heart where I felt like God say to me, if it was just you and me, in your bedroom for the rest of your life and you couldn't play music anymore, um, am I enough for you? And and I so I wrestled with that for a couple of months and my own dreams and because I, I realized that I, lo- I loved God but I also like loved my dreams and I think in my early 20s, they were, I was kind of like, I wanted to drive the car and I was kind of like, God, you're coming? <laughs> like, it's gonna be amazing. Like, wow. you know, you've given me these gifts and everything but like, I'm holding the steering wheel. And I really felt like um, after we had just released like a third album and we'd been together for almost 10 years and it was like, it was like my baby was this, was this musical group uh, that God was like, I want you to kill it um, completely and, and am I enough for you? And so I went into a season of real kind of like hiding and that was in 2016 and I had no idea, I had no idea that God actually had like Hollywood in my heart. He, he, he did want me to share the gifts that he'd given me and he, he, he loved that I love music, but he had to become my everything first. Um, he just, because he, he's worthy of that. Like just being absolutely everything. So I became so free. I, I realized I, be, I became so free when I laid everything down. I remember just sitting in Cronulla Beach in Sydney where I grew up and I, was, I just sat at a cafe after I just laid everything down. And I remember thinking, I feel so free. Like, I'm not a slave to my own dreams anymore. I'm not a slave to the unworthiness that comes from not meeting my own expectations for my life anymore. And, but then he started doing this peculiar thing where he started poking my heart and actually putting Hollywood and putting America on my heart and the music industry on my heart again. And I was like, God... I've died, like, I'm fully dead, like, and it's just you and me, and we're sitting in the cafe, and I'm stoked, like, I'm so happy on life right now, but then he, but then he said to me, yeah, but I need you to come alive again, because this isn't about you, and, and I do, and also, I do really care about these things that are in your heart, it's kind of like Abraham and Isaac, with, it's the same thing, where it's just like, the prized thing, it's like, is God more prized than the most prized thing in our life? Wow. 
And, and once he was in that rightful place, um, I remember it was 2017 really clearly and I was um, heading back um, from like a lunch meeting back to the studio in Sydney and I was driving past my beach in Cronulla and I just felt this nudge to pull over and I pulled over and I sat down on this bench and it was this glorious like afternoon, the surfers were out, there was mums and babies and this, whole, this place I'd grown up my whole life and I just felt God speak to my heart really clearly and he said, say goodbye to your hometown. And I just started weeping on the bench and I'm like, what is happening? And like the presence of God just surrounded this bench and I was saying, what's going on? What's happening? And then three weeks later, I ended up in LA uh, leading worship for a ministry group called Iris Ministries. I'm not sure if anyone's heard of Heidi Baker, um, but um, Emma and I, they're like our, I guess like that ministry is like our family in, in LA now. And so that was the first step. And the crazy thing about the whole thing was every step that has happened so far, we haven't been the smart ones that have come up with it, of how to do it. It's like God makes the way every way. And I feel like for us, it's just about simply giving him our yes. Of just saying, like, you have my whole life and do what you want to do. And so every step of the way, when I arrived a few weeks later um, in L.A., God was just said, this is your home, t- this is your place now, this is your city. So then I had to go back to Australia and say goodbye to everyone. And I actually came up here just before I had, I remember I came up here and I remember Ed, this is the start of November 2017, I get off the plane and Ed takes me out for lunch and I'm saying, yeah, God just told me to move to LA and I'm going to move it in March because I have some weddings and things I have to go to first. And Ed's kind of like sitting there looking at me at the table and he's like, yeah, you could go in March, (laughs) but I think God's calling you to go in November. (laughs) And it was November at the time. And then so I, that day, I booked a flight for the last day of November. And I had no idea where I was going to stay, had no idea how I was going to get a visa, didn't have a job, didn't have anything in America, but just, just, just said, God, like, I trust you with all the details. And it was a week before getting on the flight that someone was like, that I didn't even know really, was like, you're really on my heart. Are you, do you have somewhere to stay when you get here? You can stay with, at my house for two weeks. That turned into two months. And then there was just a miraculous story after miraculous story. Every step of the way, God has just been so faithful in visa, house. There's, yeah. And so I think I would just say one thing that, that we've really, really learned is um, there's a psalm that just says, blessed is the man that trusts in you. And I feel like that's been the key for me when everything has looked scary, like going into the unknown. Um, we can really trust God with our whole lives. We can really trust that he deeply cares about us and he, and he knows, he knows that we need housing. He knows that we need like our next meal and he knows that we need visas and all, all these different things. So I, I've seen too many people, I think, just be a little bit crippled by fear and actually be like, no, I need to make sure I'm safe before I do anything with God. And, and the, heaven works the other way around where he's like, step out of the boat onto the water and then I'll show you how safe you are with me. And, um, yeah. So. I love that. The fact that, um, you know, there's always something to risk when you take that step. And, and I was thinking about Joshua leading, you know, Moses died and it's Joshua's turn to lead Israel across the Jordan. But the Jordan's in flood stage at the time. And, um, and God gives them instruction. 
it's always the worshipers going first. Like Judah goes first around Jericho, you know, circling it, singing songs, you know, praising God. And then, you know, at the end of uh, seven times around the seventh, um, you know, the shout goes out. And uh, when they go in, they, they're carrying the ark, which is a representation of the presence of God, uh, you know, even crossing over that. And you guys carry Christ in a way that is unique to your gifting. We, we all have our own gifting. And I'm not a worshiper. I can't play anything except the stereo. I said that to somebody the other day. They go, what do you play? I said, the stereo. And they go, oh, okay. And then I'm like, you weren't listening to me because <laughs> it's a dad joke. And anyway, uh, and so, uh, but, you know, we all have our giftings. What role did the, this worship play or did worship play, you know, in your assignment and, and getting you across, you know, across those waters? Which are troubled waters, you know. It's a, it's it's a it's a challenging thing. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Sure. Um, I remember a specific instance because I feel like like praise and worshiping is just like the ultimate like breakthrough for like anything in our lives and anything that we need to shift. Um, it's so powerful when we just get our eyes on Him and off any problem or off any obstacle. And then those things just, they just move out of the way. And um, I think a cool, a cool story is probably my visa testimony of going, going into America. I remember when I arrived with my bags and I arrived at my friend's house in Pasadena. And I remember just thinking, I did this. Like I actually just said goodbye to everyone. And I'm now in, the, in, like, in an attic of someone's house. I was sleeping in the bathroom, really, of their place. And I had my bags and a couple of guitars. And I was like, I just had a bit of a mini freak out. Because was, I was just in this quiet room going, oh my goodness, I actually did this. Like, I'm like, I don't have a job. I don't have a visa, anything. And then the Lord spoke really clearly. And he said, you can trust me and you'll have a great time. Or you could not trust me and you'll have a terrible time. And, and so I just decided over in that first like month or two, I didn't, my schedule was clear. It was free. So I would just worship in, in my bedroom. And I remember one day thinking, I need a visa. It's really hard to, be, to live in America unless you actually have a certain visa. And I felt like God wanted me to get a visa called an artist visa, um, which basically allows you to play. It allows you to work in the field that you've proved yourself to be of a certain caliber in. And... I was just like, God, but I don't really know. I have no idea how to get it. And, um, but I felt like I needed to get this visa. So that day, um, then my roommate, he's like, Jez, I need to get a power drill from my friend. Do you want to come with me? It's like, sure. And I go to this house, and there's an Australian actress at the house who has exactly the same visa that I needed that day. She looks at me, and she's like, I need to pray for you. Like, God has given me an anointing to get that very visa. And I have the perfect lawyer for you as well. And, and so then she prays for me, and then I get the details. I call the law firm, and an Aussie picks up the phone in L.A. And she's like, oh, you're an Aussie. Oh, I was like, yeah, we'll sort you out. We'll, like, we'll take care of you. And it was just like, that's just a clear case of, of God. Like, when you're like, I have no idea, but you said 
that you're going to do it. So I'm just saying yes, you know, and he's faithful. You know, he's faithful. And we, we have no idea how it's going to happen. So, but I really felt like that, that worshiping heart and that posture brought breakthroughs like that. Um, and then another cool, cool little part of the testimony of that visa was um, we became friends in the, who are in the industry and they're filmmakers. And once again, God just draws you to the right people, like to become your tribe that you need. And I still needed a sponsor for my visa. So I had a lawyer, but you still need someone to actually sponsor you in the country. And I felt like God say, you need to speak to your friend Darren, who's a, film, who's a filmmaker, about being like a sponsor. And I hate asking, I hated asking people for things, let alone people you don't know. And um, about within two minutes, one of my friends texts me and she was like, hey, I'm going over to Darren's house. Do you want to come with me? And, and so then went over, ended up in the car with him that day, just the two of us. God just put us in a car together. And then I just said, hey, I've got my visa. And um, God really put you in my heart. And he's like, as soon as he said that, he was like, he's like, I'm listening. Whenever God's like in the equation, what do you have to say? And I said, well, I just, I feel like with my visa, God really put you on, your, on my heart. And I was wondering if you had any ideas of like who could sponsor me coming to the country. And he was like, oh, I can do that. Yeah, that's fine. No, and I was like, what? So I love, I just love God where things, these mountains seem so high. And then, um, but then he, he will just do it as we're like, as we keep that posture, I think, of just like worship and just following his lead. So I hope that's encouraging. Um, yeah. I think worship is so powerful because it gets my eyes off me and gets them on Jesus. And and then anything is possible. But when I'm looking at myself, I'm like, oh, it's not possible. Um, So there's a conversation that I've had with God a lot of times. And every time I start the conversation, I forget that I've had it with him before. And then I remember when he says the same thing, I'm like, oh, you've said this to me like a million times. Um, but often if I've, I, I'm a real thinker, so I can get a bit like introspective. Um, and sometimes I'll just be like, oh, God, fix my heart, fix my heart. Um, and he always says, Emma, fix your eyes, fix your eyes on me. And like everything changes. And so that's been my real, um, what worship is, has been for me is just seeing if you're, when you're under the clouds, it's like you, you can't really do anything. But when you come up to, to the higher place, when you c- go up in the spirit, you can see every, everything is just so different. You just see the solutions and things just work. Like people, the right people just come. And so worship is just like, it's essential, I feel like, for, for anything, for any part of life. Um, just, just fixing your perspective on, on the higher truth. Um, and yeah, there was a, there was a really cool time when I was, I was in South Africa for five months. Um, I live in LA, but I had to go back because of visa stuff. And I thought it would be one month and then it was five months and we were doing long distance and we had no idea how long it was going to be. And it was, it was hard. Um, and I was reading Genesis and that story where, you know, Sarah has a slave called Hagar, right? And then... Um, she mistreats her, and then Hagar fle- flees into the wilderness. Um, and then she's crying. She's like at a well, and then th- the angel of the Lord comes up to her and is, you know, has a conversation. Is like, "What are you doing here? Go back to Sarah." 
Um, and Hagar calls the well, um, one of the interpretations of the name is the well of the living one who sees me. And another interpretation is, would I have looked here for him who sees me? And that really hit me because I was like, in the midst of this crazy, terrible, terrible time that Hagar was having, she's in the wilderness, she's like, she doesn't know what she's gonna do, she's probably gonna die. Um, she finds a piece of God there that she wouldn't have found if she was looking for it anywhere else. Like, it couldn't be found anywhere else. Would I have looked here for him who sees me? It was this whole revelation of his heart that could only be had in the wilderness. So I think it's just so important even in whatever season, whatever season when it's good and it's bad, whatever, just to keep our eyes on him because there are pieces of his heart that he wants to release that can only be released in the season that you're in, no matter how hard it is. So, yeah, I know it sucks. Like, I hate the hard seasons too. I know, you know, it sucks. Um, but it's, but it's, it's so important. The process is so important because there are pieces that you'll get of his heart and then you'll know him in that way, which you wouldn't have been able to. So, yeah, so that's what I think about worship and, yeah. What a great insight. Are you enjoying this? Like, I'm so enjoying it. Tonight, we're, um, we're having a night of worship at 6 o'clock, and both these guys, you know, you'll be on the drums, and you'll be leading, and our team's going to be worshiping, and I really hope that you come out. I really do, and bring a friend as well, because, you know, we're going to practice what we've heard. It's going to be an amazing, amazing night. Um, just one more question or one more thing to talk about. Uh, in L.A., and it really is kind of a... I think it's one of the epicenters, New York would be another one, of the hustle. Everybody's hustling. And, and, and people are often just looking for that connection, you know, to put them over, make them famous or, or whatever. So everybody's hustling, but they're hustling each other. And um, as carriers of Christ, you know, how do you uh, not do the hustle, you know? How do you, how, how do you just concentrate it like if it's going to happen he's going to he's going to do it he's in me so I don't have to join in with the hustle crowd and hustle everybody and have hidden agendas and you know yeah. dart over here you were telling me the story of being at a after a, a movie they produced a movie or something having a a movie a party afterwards and and uh, you wanted to meet this particular guy you remember that and then God said, no, it wasn't convenient. Somebody else was talking, and you don't have to do the hustle kind of thing. How, how do you, what do you do with, with that? I, I feel like the key to um, not being in the hustle, which is, is like everywhere, but especially in a place like L.A. and Hollywood, is, is understanding that we're his children, like the way his beloved child, and that God has completely got us in every area of our lives and we don't have to do anything in our own strength ever. Yeah. I never have to I never have to strive. I never have to make my own way. I never because what orphans do is orphans think no one else has my back so I need to make this happen and that's what the spirit of hustle is. It's it's no one else is going to see my dream come to pass so I need to network with you and you and you and you. And I need to put all these, like, you know, strings out, as many as possible, so hopefully, like, I can, I can get to the next place. And um, I think, I really feel like that's, that's at the core of it, is actually understanding who our Father is and how loved we are as His children. And that's been a journey that I've, 
I've been on. And so when I came over to LA, God actually, for the last two years, I haven't, I haven't, he told me not really to work. He said, I just want you to rest. And I want to, I want to be the one to basically miraculously provide for you. And I've, I've done a little bit of producing, I've done a little bit of different things, but I haven't just gone into a nine to five. I haven't gone into that hustle. And he said, because I, I want to give you an authority in this land that comes from being in the opposite spirit, which is coming with my rest. Because the world, like, just doesn't know how to rest. And that's where peace is, is actually knowing, understanding that he's a really, really good father and he wants to take care of us. And so, yeah, so for me, um, a little story of that, a little practical story would be we were, um, we were at a friend's movie, movie premiere at this place called the Egyptian Theatre and there was someone who I felt like I need, like God wanted me to connect with and he, um, were, yeah, he was like a vocal coach and he was very well known and I had this moment when we were walking out and I saw him and I saw him talking to someone else and I had that little inkling to be like, I need, I, can't, I need to talk to this person. Like, I need to make it happen. Yeah. And then I just, I just felt like, no, I can't, I can't do that. Like, I can't submit to that because it's just, not love, it's just not loving and things get weird. And so Emma and I, we went for a walk on the, like, the Hollywood Walk of Fame. We went to this like, little rundown Indian place and we just had a good meal together. And we, we had no money. That's a whole other story of just trusting God. <laughs> and we just chilled out for like an hour. And then we thought, you want to you just go to the after party now and just hang out? And we walk into this, the after party. And who is standing right there at the front door? But it's this, it's this guy that I thought I needed to connect with. And he's just looking at me. And, and then I was like, hi, I'm Jeremy. And it was like, God just, like, God just did it. Like, you know, he did it from a place of rest and a place of, like, you guys go, have some Indian food. Like, chill out. I've got your destiny. Yeah. You know? Like, and so I, I just feel like the key for me and what I've seen so much in the, in the land is people don't understand that, like, God is an, a magnificent father who has, who has our backs. He's got every part of our lives. And, and he, he's called us to live from that place of peace and rest where we're not trying to, like, kind of get my own, like, get to the next place in Hollywood, like, because that's not love, you know? And just knowing that, knowing that no man will take me to my destiny, destiny it's God. So, my, so my, rea- my truth and my reality is just to, just to love people yeah. and then trust that God's going to take me wherever I need to be. And um, so that's, I feel like that's been really key for, for me. A question that God often asks me is, whose kingdom are you building? Because um, I, some like, historically have been very, like, you know, driven and being a real dreamer, and it's easy for me to be like, okay, this is the plan, this is the vision, I'm going to go for it. Um, and he he's, has stopped me a lot of times and, and been like, whose kingdom are you building? Because if I'm trying to build my own kingdom yeah, I have to hustle. I have to make it happen because I want to make my own kingdom. But if I'm building the kingdom of God, he's going to build his kingdom. He's going to make it happen. So I don't have to do anything. So I think it just comes down to knowing that God is a good father. He put the dreams inside of us that we have, and he is building his kingdom. So if we jump on his train, it's going to happen. He's going to make it happen. He's going to provide. Like, 
it's going to work. Um, so that's been one thing. And then another thing, I had this, again, in South Africa, I was reading um, Exodus, and I was so blown away in the first few chapters of Exodus. I think I mentioned this to you guys, but um, there's this story of the Israelites and they're enslaved to Egypt. And God tells Moses to talk to Pharaoh and ask for three days for the Israelites to go into the wilderness to worship God. And so Pharaoh responds by increasing the workload on the, the Hebrew slaves so that they can't listen to God and like follow these, you know, false ideas or whatever. But I just saw so clearly the strategy of the enemy back then, and it's the same now, to keep us so busy and just, you know, just doing things and just striving. So we don't actually have time to stop and listen to God and actually commune with Him and know what's on His heart and actually do the things that He's doing, like that He's building. It's like the spirit of, uh, you know, I don't know what this area is like, but especially in LA, it's just like, you know, if, if you stop for one second, you're behind. Like, you know, you, you were born behind. You're already behind. Like, you're never going to make it, but like maybe if you really, really try, you know, it's like this kind of spirit. Um, and it just really is trying to like put work as the boss and everyone is enslaved to it. And the devil's happy. He's like, you can make it. Like, whatever, like you can work hard. As long as you don't know God, like he's happy, you know? So I just really saw that and I was like, wow, rest is like, rest is a weapon. And I think we don't realize that as the church, we, we feel like we need to work hard. Even for God, we, we feel that we need to work hard for Him. But rest is a weapon and it says fight to enter the rest of God, fight to enter His rest. So yes, that's been a real tool and a real weapon for us in an industry that never sleeps, that never stops, yeah. just to stay centered and to stay focused. And then God opens the doors and God gives you connections with people in one second that you could never have made. So. Yeah, that's been really cool, and we're still definitely yeah. on that journey. Um, but yeah, just learning. Yeah, it's so good. And there's a couple of scriptures that come to mind, like with this, where it's like, um, it says that he who started a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. And we notice that it's it's he starts it and he completes it. <laughs> and so it's like everything just like comes from the overflow of like Holy Spirit empowerment. And not God sitting back going like, I've given you these gifts. What are you going to do for me? You know, which I feel like a lot of us can easily fall into that trap um, of working really hard. And then the other, the other scripture that I found is so encouraging is Hebrews 4 talks about entering into the rest of God. And it says that God, from the creation of the world, he rested from all of his works. Like, and then so now that we're in Christ, now that we're in him, we too enter into that rest where we never work again. And that's, and that, I'm, I'm not, when, when we talk about rest, we're not talking about like sleep for 11 hours instead of eight. But, but it's, it's, this st- it's this posture of the heart where it's like, where I, I never again need to like strive to prove my value or my worth or like, or try and like build or like, or like work for God or please Him without His empowerment and His love and, um, so that's been that's been really really key for our lives. If we lived in LA or the Sunny Coast or anywhere, we just feel like that's the gospel that sets us free. That's awesome. Hey, um, you know what? I th- yeah, give the Lord a hand clap. <laughs> what I think would be really good is if you guys prayed over the congregation. So I would really like you guys to just stand with us. And um, 
We're in a busy season, honestly, Christmas, you know, everybody says it's so hectic. I got so much to do. I got presents to get, parties to go to. It's also one of the loneliest times of the year uh, where everybody's supposed to be happy, but I'm not. I'm miserable. You know, there are just times where it just hits you and you think, I don't have it all together. I don't know what I'm going to do. And depression can really, can really hit. So, but right now, um, I'd just like, Jeremy, if you wouldn't mind just praying for uh, our congregation, and uh, then we're just going to go out with a song. Is that okay? All right. God bless. Thanks. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. We thank you for your presence here, Lord. We thank you for your presence here, Lord. Lord, we thank you that you have done it all. You, you were the one who died. You were the one who defeated death and rose again so we could come into fullness of life, so we could be healed and restored right now. So I just release a grace right now just to receive just the goodness of God. God, we receive your goodness. We receive your goodness right now. Whether it's, whether it's, um, yeah, whether it's depression, we just speak hope right now. Whether it's anxiety, we just release peace right now to you. He came to bind up the broken heart. He really, he cares about your broken heart. Jesus, I thank you right now that you are just binding up broken hearts right now. You are healing and mending broken hearts right now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your goodness, Lord. And in this season, God, in this Christmas season, help us to fix our eyes on you. Help us to keep our eyes on you. We love you, Lord. We just love you with our whole hearts, and we just we just give you our whole hearts afresh this morning. Yeah, we thank you, God. We thank you for your faithfulness and your goodness, and we just declare that yeah, this this Christmas time and this this season, this holiday time, is going to be a time of joy. It's going to be a time of hope. It's going to be a time of just celebrating your goodness. And I thank you that you are near to the brokenhearted, and you're the ultimate comforter, Holy Spirit. So we just release the comforter right now, just to comfort right now. Yeah, we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.